Um, I want to have fun. You know, I'm a fun guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of TKW Weekly. We've got four quarters for you as always. In the first quarter, we switch your dish on the impact of Mitchell Robinson coming back on the rest of the season. In the second quarter, we talked about our expectations for the back half of the season, well, back fourth of the season, what we expect the team, where we expect the team to end up at, and records for over the last 22 games. In the third quarter, we tapped into the TKW community as always. Please make sure that you're in there so that you can be a part of the show. And we discussed Jericho Sims' performance in the dunk contest. Got to talk about it. And in the fourth quarter, we had a game for you as always. So please make sure you enjoy the show. Let us know how you feel. Is Mitchell Robinson the X factor of this team and one that solidifies them, you know, to give them a real chance as a, as a playoff team and not just a play-in team? Uh, Sean, let me just toss it up to you first as a, as a fellow Mitch lover and defender. Uh, so I'm going to, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but I'm going to switch the concept, but ditch the wording. Um, I think That's that, fair. I think that Mitch is, uh, he makes us, he raises our level as a team. Uh, he solidifies the defense. He's like, it just having him back out there in the first quarter yesterday. It's like, yeah, like this guy going and grabbing offensive boards. He's just, he's just the best in the league, best in the league at that. And so coming back after not playing for like almost over a month, uh, 10 boards, I mean, 10 points, 12 boards, like imposing his will on the floor. I think he's beyond an X factor. I think that you're going to get what you're going to get out of Mitchell Robinson every single night. You don't really have to worry about what you're going to wonder what you're going to get from Mitchell Robinson. He's going to provide it. And I think that consistency raises the level of this team, raises the floor and the ceiling of this team. Um, so that's the part that I'm switching. I'm just in the X factor part. I honestly think RJ is the X factor of this team. I think that RJ is the person where it could go one way or another. And if you get good RJ, there's really not much teams can do about us. Uh, um, but Mitchell Robinson is like, I feel like he's a stable. I don't think he's really an X factor. I think you're going to get what you're going to get from him. And that's why we're a better team. Danny, what do you think? Oh, so I, I like how you put it. Cause I kind of agree with you. You know, I definitely switch on, um, Mitch being a piece that's going to help this team take it to another level. Right. Um, the way I look at it is that. Mitch absolutely does provide that for all the reasons that you just, you know, Sean, you just listed, Kyle, you mentioned, obviously. The thing to me is that the Knicks were in a rhythm without Mitch going into this all-star break, right? And I feel like a big piece of that rhythm was because of the void that Mitch left in his absence. Everybody had to kind of chip in a little bit to fill that void, you know what I mean? So Randall was getting busy on those boards, you know what I mean? Having big games where he's putting up numbers there. Um, you had Brunson helping out, having nine boards uh, one game two weeks ago. Um, Hart, Hart, Hartenstein was was able to find his groove, right? Filling that void with Mitch gone. So I feel like there was a lot of pieces that kind of helped everybody come in together and contribute. And that was a, a factor in that rhythm that they were in. So I think that Mitch coming back absolutely 
um, is a piece that's going to take us to another level. I think that the process of him coming into the lineup and us getting into another rhythm with him is just going to take a little bit of time. I think that it's not going to be, you know, forever. I feel like you can say that Mitch will be that X factor because right now we need a X factor. So even though I, I understand where you're coming from, Sean, with RJ in itself, I think he is more an enigma than an X factor at the moment because we're doing what we're doing without him being at that next level consistently. So I feel like Mitch, it fits more into the wording of being that X factor for this season right now, more so than RJ would. So I got to switch on this. I'm going to switch on it just because it, it's not really like a him or RJ thing. And I hear, I hear what Sean's saying, though, because if you obviously have a big three rolling come playoff time, that's that's sort of the whole goal. Not that we have the biggest of threes in the NBA in the grand scheme. But the fact is, when you, your sort of main sort of trident of attack is going off the way that you want, usually good things happen. So Sean is totally right with what he's saying there. But I just think the way that the game changes come playoff time especially and the way the court kind of shrinks and obviously you know the three-point happy stuff is, is always fun in games come regular season but things always tighten up in the you know the playoffs so i think there's just more of an importance and an emphasis on what mitch brings more in the playoffs than in the regular season and the fact that he's back and healthy now you know yes solidify us for the playoffs whatever please avoid that that god forsaken play in but i think really his impact shows up much more in a playoff series we just haven't had gotten to see it yet because he missed that Hawks series, which would have been really honestly a great test for him with Capello that first time around. Maybe he gets his ass kicked. We don't know. But the point is that would have been a great, like, yeah, it would have been a great litmus test for a guy who does a lot of the similar things that Mitch does. And we would have gotten to see really who, who, who really, you know, where he fits and elbows in and it works out. But and that's a whole the, other conversation. Whole other, whole other conversation. I, I'm with you, but you know, whole, whole other conversation, but it really, it felt we felt what was missing in that playoff series so so clearly with Mitch and I feel like this stretch they have played good basketball don't get me wrong but that's not sustainable for these guys to to all contribute in that way to that extent without Mitch like you know it's just it's too too much of an ask to have those guys do it all the time I'm swishing I, I just think guys like that are are super valuable come playoff time that's normally when they get to shine a little bit but we'll, we'll see we'll see because we are going to be in a first round series we're not going to be in any play in so. There's that. Uh, time for the second quarter here. And with that, uh, it's going to keep it real simple. We're just going to go a little bit of predictions for the back half of the season here. These remaining 22 games. Is this a team that can finish top five comfortably? Do we think? Obviously, overtake the Nets. Is this a team that we think can catch the Cleveland Cavaliers in, the, in that fourth spot at 30 and 25? They're only three games ahead of us right now. I mean, Danny, I'll have it up to you first. Uh, but where do you kind of see... Give me win-loss real quick on the last 22 games and kind of where you see the Knicks finishing here, top four or five or six. So originally, before the season started, I said 44 and 38. And I don't like changing things. I want to kind of ride that out, right? So before post, you know, before the All-Star break, that, that left 22 games, that would mean that we'd have to go 11 and 11 for us to end up with 44 wins. Um, and you look at the schedule that we have left, right? And it's, it is, you know, daunting at times. I think there's a lot of winnable games. Uh, there's, you know, some West Coast games out there back to back uh, with the Kings and the Clippers. Um, you know, there's a stretch where we play the Clippers, the Lakers, the Blazers, uh, the Nuggets, you know, so it's like, it's gonna get tough at times. I still think that we could pull it out. I think 11-11 is somewhat realistic. I like to, you know, be positive though at the same time. So if I didn't want to stick with a 44 game prediction, I'd probably say, you know, we'd go somewhere like, you know, 14 and and, and eight, 
you know what I mean, to finish it out because I like that positive curve. I think we end up probably, you know, probably in that in that fifth spot. Sean, give me your win loss record, and you think they're going top four, five, or six? Spicy. I look around the Eastern Conference and I see nothing but food. I see there a lot he is. Of food. There he is. Yes. I, yes. I, I see a lot of food, and I think we have quite the appetite. I think that we we're undefeated in the Josh Hart era. Still, still yet to take a loss with that man on the team. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, you know, Mitchell Robinson being back. I mean, like, so I, coming out of this, I said before the season, 45 to 50 wins. People called me insane. Um, I said we could be a top six team, avoid the play-in. Six seed is definitely a lock already. Honestly, I think the fifth seed is already a lock because we're one game behind the Nets. The Heat, the Heat are not good. I want people to understand. The Miami Heat are not good at basketball. Don't let the Kevin Love acquisition be shiny and fool you. That team struggled with defense and like looking old at times, and that solves neither one of those problems. At all, let me hunt. Our, let me hunt Tyler Hero and Kevin Love in switches. I dare you to put them both on the on the floor. That's what I'm time. talking about. I love it. Uh, the whole, I don't. Even, I don't. Even, I'm not even looking down. I'm not phased by anything below us. So we're overtaking the Nets by the end of the week, probably. And then from there, the fourth seed, I don't really care, honestly, because if we get that fifth seed, I, I welcome, especially with the way we've been playing on the road. I almost like the idea of starting a playoff series on the road, stealing a game, and then coming back to the Garden with home court advantage. Um, so I'm not tripping about you that. You play better on the road, you know what I'm saying? So that, that that would work toward more towards our advantage this season, at least. 17 and 5 gets us to 50 wins. It's a little, eh. You know, a little ambitious. I'd say maybe I'd say maybe fourteen and eight, and that gets us to forty-seven and uh, thirty-five. Yeah, look, I'm actually I'm actually more with with Sean here. Not that I'm like wildly optimistic, but I was going to say at least forty-six wins is kind of where I saw them finishing. Um, I think, given their schedule, only only reason I, I wasn't as bullish is only because, despite their fantastic road record this year, I'm always going to be daunted by the west coast road trips any of them that's my only hesitation on like being really bullish to close out the year but as we've seen usually even last year when they stunk it up all season they did close out the year strong that's why mm -hmm. if you look back on just their, their full season record you're like oh 37 wins it wasn't great but maybe they weren't dog shit they were dog shit up until the end they won a little bit more than they should have or whatever and then it bounced out but the year before that right they were on fire that's how they got into the playoffs as the fourth seed and this is, is a year where they started to play a little bit better right before the All-Star break. It's like, this is a good basketball team, top to bottom. I, I'm very bullish on them being top five. Top four is always tough because you need a little bit of luck involved. But I think top five is, is sort of a, a shoe-in. And then it's a matter of trying to battle out the Cavs for that, that four spot. All right, guys, it's halftime. So normally we do a little bit of a, a bit here. But this time, you know, and moving forward for a little bit, we're going to Cover something different, just some risers and fallers on the mojo market. Not too unlike the rest of our conversations with guys that are playing well, they're not playing well, but more or less, we just want to be able to show you the value that exists here and where you could be earning a little bit with this. So, I mean, first things first, you know where I'm going with this, especially off that first game after the All-Star break. The obvious first riser here is Julius Randle. Now, to begin uh, this week, really, he was at his share price was 165.83. and that was good. I mean, he's having an all-star year. You expect it to be a little higher up, but off the back of his 46-point performance against the Washington Wizards, uh, he jumped up almost, you know, a dollar eighteen already. His share price is now at 167.04. So this is sort of the beauty of the Mojo market. So if you've been riding with Julius to this point, 
you could always shorten get out and just go, hey, I know he's about to stink it up for a week and a half. You know how he shoots and yada, yada. Make a little bit there, protect your earnings, you back out. But if you think, maybe like me, that this is only the beginning to the rest of Julius' season and you think he's only going to keep scorching as we kind of get closer to the playoffs, you could throw a little bit more and, and see how high we can really take this thing. Download the Mojo app and make sure you use our code TKW for a $75 deposit bonus today. Okay, folks, halftime's over. It's time for the third quarter, so you know what that means. We always, we're always going to pull a tweet from the TKW community. Usually something we feel is the most fun. We could have the best conversation with. And uh, unfortunately for one, Jericho Sims, uh, he is the topic of conversation today. So um, this is from at Danny Dimes guy. Uh, he said, I bet $10 just to see him do the same dunk twice. And... Boy, did he do the same dunk twice? Um, you can't, you can't dip twice. Okay, it's not, that, it's not that we're anti-dip. We we like the dip. Okay, big, big honey dip people. I know uh, for the for the the dip appreciators, it wasn't just a normal dip. He got a whole bicep in there. I understand you don't have to sell me. The shock value wears off when you dip two times in a row, and you can't do it and then pull out a fifty on a notepad, which ironically you then rip it you end up ripping as you open the envelope i it it did not go well for us in that second round i i thought he started fine i thought it was i actually thought the dunk kind of was pretty good this year to be honest with you but um for for us specifically as Knicks fans not what you want to see for the second dunk not what you want to see as we're trying to to, to bring home our, our rightful title for for a dunk contest and we did not win it and it was a little bit embarrassing at that point like like sims like you're known for jumping man like we get the first one you know you hit it right on the head the shock value is just not there when you do the same thing pretty much twice in a row you know what i'm saying like if you did that with the envelope on the first try awesome great now move on you know what i'm saying and i think you just lacked creativity and i get it maybe you know it's just not in your personality that's cool you know i still appreciate what you bring for this team but you know to be in that dunk contest you know it's it's more than just you know a dunk you know you, you got to bring a little bit of a, a showmanship with it and i think that's definitely where it was lacked saw the effort great effort but uh creativity just plummeted you know what i mean if you like see the video of him doing that dunk yeah. not one person in the stands is like everybody's just standing there like Nothing just happened. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's just, it's disappointing. So that was even worse. The secondhand that, embarrassment we all had to endure <laughs> watching that video, <laughs> and not even be like, like Sean, please. What, what did you feel? Because like I felt like I couldn't even defend it. I couldn't even be like, all right, guys, like get off his. I couldn't even get off, get off his back. And I was just like, yes, it, all right, it sucked. It sucked. I was also like them. <laughs> I, I was honestly shocked. The judges gave him a really high score for that. Yes. Like the, I was, I was really confused about that. I was almost kind of mad at the score he got. I was just like, he did not deserve that. Um, yeah. Wasn't there, a, it, wasn't there like a minimum limit too of like you couldn't go lower than a certain score? Like a forty? Yeah, was no, it? like they yeah. gave him like a high score. Like no, he did like get a high score. Forty eight point six or something crazy, and I was just like, well, I don't understand. Um, and even like the execution, like the the rip in the notepad to show fifty and trying to hold it together, like it was just it was it was really bad. Um, and so then when it comes because like Danny said, it's creativity. That's where it lacked it clearly. Um, and then, you know, there's, there's a phrase in basketball called KYP. Know your personnel. 
And so that's really what I had to just bring it back to. So I'm glad that Jericho himself was like, yo, don't be like embarrassed for me because I'm not embarrassed. And I was like, hey man, your name's Jumpman Sins. You just want to show people you can jump really high. And what better way to do that than to shove your armpit in the rim right after putting the honey dip in twice. <laughs> like, you know, maybe you weren't trying to win the competition. Maybe you didn't care to win the competition. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the fourth quarter. It's time for the, the big finish, the grand finale. Now I've come off a loss from one Danny B last week. I'm really upset about it. I don't even want to talk about it. I don't even give him any time. Don't even show him on the camera. To do it. Do it. We're going we're gonna to erase it, pretend it didn't happen, and move on swiftly because he's on my heels in terms of our records here on these games, but I, I will not fall through this week. So now we're going to get back to our game. Sean's back in the fold. And, uh, you know, it's not really a game per se this week, but we have a little uh, Q&A. Fun. Yeah, a little, little fun Q&A. We, look, a little apocalypse conversation, right? We saw Julius and Bronson talking about it. Uh, not Jalen Brunson. Yeah, not Jalen Brunson. We start off with that. Uh, I might go quick. You can pick one New York Nick all time. Doesn't got to be current. All time. Any any Nick you want. And you can pick one TKW member. Who would you take on, in your quest for survival in an apocalypse situation to make it to the other right. side of, of whatever? So off rip, I'm going to trust Freewell, uh, just because for obvious reasons, the trust Freewell just the trust Freewell hero of mine. But also, I know that he can choke out the zombies if necessary, um, and that's that's going to be needed. We're going to need that. We're going to need that for survival. Um, in terms of TKW, uh, I feel like a lot of the a lot of our issues and what we're headed to, I feel like it's technological. Like a lot of the advancements I've seen te- technology. Are scaring me. I think that that's going to be our ultimate demise. I hope that I, I said that years ago, and I hate to speak things into existence. So I hope it's far away, but I feel like technology is going to have something to do with it. So I may Black need Jay Nicky. Yeah. You may need a graphic designer. Things may really get nitty gritty. You might need to alter some images. You you, you might need to come up with some things on the fly. Wow. Uh, so let, give me Jay Nicky and the Charles Spiro, man. Let's 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 survive. Wow. Wow. So, Kyle, solid picks, Kyle. You you got to. I I need to know where you're going with this, man. Uh, well, first of all, uh, how dare you not select me for the apocalypse? But second of all, um, now I was going to roll with my my Nick was going to be Anthony Mason um, because I figured versatility, Swiss Army knife, face mask, the, the, the non-existent face mask, uh, just the overall, you know, wherewithal to be able to get you through any, the, the, you know, he was always a Swiss Army knife for us. He could be a Swiss Army knife in the apocalypse. But then I thought, is there somebody else? who ha- also has a hot streak in them, who maybe has a little bit more upside in, in this apocalyptic world, right? I thought, who better to fight the technological difficulties that might pop up in the future, like Sean's presenting, than the notorious laptop flipper himself, Julius Randle. I'm still going to get production from Julius Randle that, that I was hoping for from Anthony Mason in this scenario, right? Same position. Clunky fours. We get out there, and those black mirror dogs appear. Who's who's taking those dogs out? Julius Randle. You've seen him when he's working out. He's got steel chains on his body. This is a guy we're going to war with. Are you kidding me? Julius Randle for sure is the Nick for sure. I don't want to hear otherwise. And also, he's just hot headed. Danny talks about it all the time with the refs. I, I have an angry, strong guy working out with steel chains who hates technology. This is a no brainer. Julius Randle for sure in an apocalypse for sure. For sure. Not, nothing to think about. So that's number one. Number two, who am I going to take from TKW? I don't know. I can't have any liabilities here. So, I mean, I can't have anybody who's going to 
push back on everything I'm trying to do. This is apocalypse. We have no margin for error. So off the bat, producer Ryan is gone because there's too much back and forth of me. I'm going to say something. He's going to go, oh, is that really how you want to, you want to shoot the zombie? Is that really, that's the weapon you're going to choose? Is that, you know, I don't, I don't need this sort of second guessing and negativity in my life. So Ryan off rip is God before I even have a selection. I just need to make that clear. God, God shot into the sun. Rest in peace. I'll, I'll go with somebody else. Shot into the sun. God. God. Ryan off the rip is God. Rest in peace. I'm going into this this situation here in Apocalypse, right? Um, I want to have fun. You know, I'm a fun guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're on one this morning, ladies and gentlemen, and it's uh, it's made for a great show. All right. Um, no, listen, Apocalypse. I want IQ with me. You know what I mean? He's he's young. He's fun. He's energetic. Um, I think he's got a great personality. He's always cracking jokes. I feel like people are always laughing, having a good time with him. You know, in a world that's falling apart, you know, apart around me in every which direction, I want to make sure that I'm spending the rest of it at least enjoying my life. You know what I mean? When when people get to the end of the rope, you know, you always hear them saying they just want to live their life. That's what I want to do. So I figured I'd use, uh, you know, a, a good um, a good presence there and put his personality to the side. He could do it all right on the court. You know, I call him a little bit of a Swiss army knife. You know, you need a microwave score. He could do that. Um, you know, great defender. You know, I, I think defense, I'm thinking, all right, maybe there's minds out there. Maybe there's a minefield. If I got to, you know, I'm letting him go first because he's got those moves. You know what I mean? He'll defend. Boom. But listen, we're going this way. What? Watch that mind right there. You know what I'm saying? He's going to see the defensive minefield out there and he's going to help me walk through that. So that's big right there. Um, and then, you know, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, TK Weekly, like, you know, TK, T, the Knicks wall, like, there's so many people involved here, good people, and 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 everybody has, uh, you know, a a strength that they bring into the fold that that makes the Knicks wall what it is, right? And guys like my guy, Petey, and this guy right I here, he is a workhorse. He puts in the work. He doesn't get a lot of FaceTime. You don't see him on, on the podcast, on the episodes, on the morning drive, um, but he's a big piece to this team and getting the content out. He's always right there on the money. You need him to get something done. Petey, I need this. It's done. He hit me up the other day. Says, yo, I was thinking about some ideas for the morning drive. Dude, that's great. I mean, you can't can't beat it. So, you know, me, Petey, and IQ, I think we'll do we'll do well. Unsung hero of TKW is Petey. It's Petey. you, bro. It's you, bud.